Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Rich Lee from St. Bonaventure University, and welcome to Tap Into Greater Olean's um, first podcast of the fall semester. Uh, for our first um, podcast, we're going to be speaking with um, four Bonaventure journalism students who are working on TAP this semester who um, spent their summer um, in kind of a different place, and I'm joined today by David Bryant, uh, Rachel Konechny, Mitch Rosansky, and Mackenzie Watson, all of whom um, spent better part of the summer in um, Oxford, England, studying at Trinity College. So um, college students can um, do a lot of things with their summers, so I'm kind of curious as to why each of you chose to um, spend your summer overseas. So I'll start with you, David. What, what was it that um, you know, prompted you to make the decision to um, go to Oxford? Um, thanks, uh, Dr. Lee. Thank you for having me. Um, one of the things that I found uh, particularly appeasing about the Oxford program was that um, everyone that seemed to have gone on the program in the past um, would always rave about how amazing the program was, how amazing of an opportunity it was to be able to study not only amongst the, the uh, smartest you know, minds in the country, but also some of the greatest professors that the world has to offer. Um, and uh, when presented an opportunity to go, I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up, especially all of the uh, extracurricular things that we were able to do, like travel and things like that. So it was really, really awesome. Okay. How did um, it live up to the expectations, the way people had, had built it to you? Was it as good as people had um, told you it was? Um, I think it was actually it was much better than uh, what people had told me. Um, everyone, uh, like I said earlier, everyone raved about it. Everyone uh, kept coming back and saying how amazing their time was. But uh, I think that uh, very seldomly did people really talk about how invaluable uh, an experience like that was. And I think that that's what I got the most out of uh, the experience is that it was such an invaluable experience. Um, I learned so much about, you know, Oxford and, and England, uh, the U.K. in general, um, but I also learned a lot about myself. Um, I learned a lot about uh, all of my, you know, peers, all the, the people that came on the trip with me. Um, and I definitely learned skills that I could take with me um, throughout life and, and constantly uh, continue to uh, apply them to my everyday life. So I think that uh, for, for sure that it was the most uh, invaluable experience that I had had uh, thus far in my life. Okay, that's really great to hear. And, you know, I had uh, a similar experience in that. I had been hearing from a number of people, you know, how great an experience it was. And I would say it also, you know, as a faculty member, exceeded my expectations. And, you know, we kind of concur with just about everything they just said. Um, You know, Rachel, what um, were your reasons for going to Oxford this summer? Um, So I knew I wanted – well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I knew I wanted to study abroad, and um, really the summertime was the only time that I could do that. I'm an athlete, and it would be really busy. Um, And like David, I've also heard great things about the program. So 
um, I really just wanted to get that experience of living in a different uh, culture for a little bit and being able to study at one of the greatest universities in the world and uh, just really interested me in that way. Okay. You know, we, we, we all interacted a lot with, with the British people. You know, what was your, your impression of them? Um, I thought they were very kind and um, very educated. I noticed a lot of them asked about, like, our politics. And I know, personally, as an American, I'm not that concerned or not as well informed as I should be with um, international politics. So it was really impressive to me that they knew so much about our culture and just um, those little tidbits you picked up, whether you went to, um, say, like a museum or a pub, or they were just all over um, asking us questions. And um, I really, I thought they were really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I had similar experiences that it seems like, you know, over here you kind of take it for granted, but people are very curious about what it's actually like in America. And even a number of years ago, I, I taught a course in Italy and was there for a few weeks. And the same thing when you would meet people when they found out you were from the U.S., you know, that they, they really wanted to kind of pick your brain about government, politics, and, and things like that. So, um, Mitch, um, you know, your, you know, what uh, was your reasons for, you know, studying in Oxford this summer? Um, I think the uh, main reason I went to Oxford was pretty much to probably like spread my wings, like to some, try something new, and uh, I really ended up enjoying it. Um, I I met a lot of great people there. Uh, going in, I was actually like pretty nervous. It took me about like two or three days to really like open up. But uh, ever since we got back, I always I want to go back to Oxford now because of all the people I met there and everything. Okay. And yeah, we I mean it is a study program, but you know, we talked about we had a number of trips and things like that. I know you played soccer and you're a big soccer fan. Um you got to actually watch some soccer or our guys football as they call it over there while we were in in Oxford, didn't you? Yes, yeah, and it's it, it's such an experience uh to watch it over there cuz it's so much bigger. Uh, over there, and just the environment. Um, when my, my one of my friends took me uh, to a couple of games, and uh, we sat amongst like the fans, and just the the way they the passion that they have for the game over there is incredible. It's so much. It's I think it's much better than America is right now with soccer. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, this is you know the one country where soccer has not caught on as much as it has in, in other parts of the world. So, um, Mackenzie, um, thank you for waiting patiently, but we can round out this part of the you know, discussion by finding out, you know, your reasons for going to Oxford. Well, uh, like everyone else said, it's one of the most prestigious universities in the world, and I knew that the campus was beautiful, and um, the city has so much history, the university, and I also knew that I wanted to study abroad, and I liked that it was six weeks as opposed to a whole semester. Um, and that it was during the summer. It was just perfect timing, and I heard so many great things about it. I've never met anybody that went through the program and had anything negative to say at all. So. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. Thank you, um, Yeah, all of you, for, for you know, sharing that. I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the guest speakers. Um, for folks who are listening and not familiar with the program, you know, once a week uh, there would be a guest speaker brought in. We'd have a, a dinner after it and um, really a wide variety of people. But, um, Mackenzie, I'm going to keep you on the line. I know you said that 
Um, I'm sure we enjoyed all the speakers, but one who you know resonated with you a bit more was Lisa Fleischer, who's a journalist, and I know you know like the others, you're studying journalism here. Can you talk a little bit about you know Lisa and, and why you know she was the one speaker, or not the one speaker, but the speaker that you probably you know enjoyed the most? Yeah, um, well, I thought her presentation was very interesting, how she compared Brexit to the U.S. election. I feel like um, she did a really good job with, um, you know, comparing and contrasting them. And I think I also, I sat next to her at high table, so um, I got to talk to her a little bit more in depth. And she was just really cool, and, you know, you're kind of, like, intimidated um, when you're up there and, like, sitting next to people. So uh, she made it really easy to talk to her, and um, it was just a cool experience to meet somebody who was so um, successful in journalism. Yeah, she's, I mean, I've had the opportunity, you know, to work with her, not at the same place, but we've, you know, kind of interacted. We both were involved with New Jersey politics and government one time, and when I knew we were coming over and that she had taken a job in London, um, I reached out to her and you know, she, you know, was kind enough to come and spend some time with us. And I don't know if I shared this with all of you, but she sent a really nice email afterwards saying how impressed she was with all the students that she spoke with. So that really speaks highly of all of you. So um, most of the others um, I asked you, um, you know, and it was actually our last speaker, Sarah Whitehead, who, you know, was another excellent speaker uh, who's um, in the legal business in, in Great Britain who, you know, seemed to be someone who you all really enjoyed. So, um, you know, Mitch, what was it um, about Sarah that, you know, that struck home with you? Um, I liked Sarah a lot because uh, she gave us, like, an insight on English law. And uh, probably the most interesting thing I thought she talked about was um, how she, like, personally dealt with terrorism. Uh, she explained to us a little bit, like, um, what a terrorist kind of is in over there in uh, Europe. She said they're usually rather young and uh, they tend to not have a lot of friends and be lonely. So I thought that was very interesting when she started talking about terrorism. Yeah, I remember that that part of her talk too, where it was almost where you know to recruit potential terrorists, you know, they look for someone who's maybe lonely, looking for some direction, and and they're easy to recruit that way. Um, Rachel, I'm I, I'm suspecting that I know you're interested in going to law school, so that may be one of the reasons why you um, particularly enjoyed Sarah's presentation. Yeah, that was definitely like the main reason I would say. Um, also, I thought it was very interesting how she compared, um, like Mitch said, uh, British law to American law. And I thought it was really interesting how she said that um, lawyers over there actually do both the prosecution and the defense. So I just imagined me trying to do that, and it seemed a lot harder than just picking one side of it. So I thought that was really cool that she was sharing that and shared her experiences. Yeah, I found that interesting just to see how how different the um, approach and the way law is practiced um, in England is different. And um, afterwards, um, I spoke briefly to um, to Kate Moore, who many of you met, who was a a graduate student from Trinity who did a lot of work with us. And, and she said, you know, she was kind of surprised too because she watches so much American television. Her impression of what the legal world is like comes mostly from American TV where you're seeing, um, you, know, you know, courtrooms and attorneys in America. So, um, David, I, I know you enjoyed Sarah's presentation, but I, I know there were like one or two others you wanted to speak about as well. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I – just like uh, Rachel and, and Mitch, I really did enjoy Sarah's presentation. I thought it was really interesting to compare and the contrast uh, between uh, British law and American law. 
Um, but I uh, found particularly interesting uh, Steve Horan. Um, he's actually a St. Bonifacio alum who came and spoke to us, and he's in the, the, the field of finance, the world of finance. Um, and he came and talked to us. He spoke to us about professionalism and, and personal branding and things like that. And I thought that that was really interesting as well just because he, he talked about how um, how important it is to, to kind of know yourself and know your own personal worth and know your own personal brand, um, but also to be able to execute that and uh, to be able to express it in a professional way, um, a way in which um, is the most effective in uh, the uh, working force. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting. He did a lot of uh, he did a lot of um, uh, analysis on on individual uh, professions and things like that, and and what those particular professions had um, different uh, from others uh, in in terms of professionalism. Um, so I just thought that it was really interesting that he he seemed to have a really great grasp of what professionalism was, as well as how it was different in different professions um, in general, and and how important it was for, for all of us, especially seniors go, graduating uh, very soon, to kind of grasp the concept of professionalism and knowing our personal brand. So I thought it was really, really interesting. Yeah, and you reminded me of something which is, like, really true of all the speakers. Uh, I think Steve mentioned this at the start of his talk. You know, he's very, obviously a very accomplished individual, and he thought about, what would be the most valuable thing I can do, you know, to say to these students? And he came up with the topic of professionalism. He probably could have talked about a bunch of different things. And each one of these speakers, the ones you mentioned and all the others, they didn't just come in and give a canned speech. You know, they, they wanted to know who their audience was, what you, you know, what they could say that would be most valuable to you. I know I worked most closely with, with Lisa because she was the person I knew, and I know we exchanged a number of emails. She wanted to know how many students, majors, where they are, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think one of the reasons uh, the talks went over well is obviously it was a really good selection of people, but also they really cared about their presentation. It wasn't just something they saw in their schedule. They showed up and went through the motions. You know that they all, um, you know, spent some time doing the research and coming up with a topic which they thought would be useful to you all. So uh, we're coming to the end of our time period. So I'm just gonna, you know, ask all of you one final question, and that's that. You know, we've been back in the U.S. now. I guess when we left August um, 12th, 13th. You know, not not quite a month, but um, we got pretty attached to Oxford while we're there. So if you can think of, you know, something that you know that you miss. So um, we'll kind of go in the order we started with. You know, David, what do you miss most about um, not being in Oxford? Um, I think what I miss the most about um, not being in Oxford is just how interested uh, the people were with, like, getting to know, uh, like, certain aspects of America. Um, for instance, one thing that um, I think most of us had to deal with uh, while there was just the differences in uh, dialect, um, uh, depending on what region of uh, America you were from. So a lot of them were really interested to, to hear about the southern accents and, and, like, how they differ to northern accents and then what a West Coast accent was and, like, things like that. And it's just the, the people of, uh, of England seem so interested in getting to know about uh, American culture and things like that. And I think that that's one thing. Um, that we Americans don't really get a lot um, of experience with just because we're so comfortable with uh, with being around other people that are from the same country. So 
um, we don't really have a lot of variability with uh, with things like that. So I thought that that was really really interesting, and that and I, I've I've grown to to really miss that. Yeah, I mean it's yeah you learn a lot more about yourself and about your country because when people start asking you about it, um, you know Rachel, what do you miss most about Oxford? Um, I think I miss the academic environment, just the way everything kind of revolved around all the colleges. Um, everything was in a certain area, and there were so many tourists every day just taking pictures. We could be sitting out on our lawn just doing our homework, and someone takes a picture of us thinking we're, you know, like the full-time Oxford students, which was really cool. Um, but, yeah, I think I definitely miss just how um, how together the community is in terms of coming together for education and um it was a really just cool environment to be in. Yeah, I enjoyed I mean, it's an academic environment here too, but you have a whole city which is really, you know, based on academia and, you know, the the you know, you were talking about people taking pictures. I often used to tell people, you know, sometimes I felt like I was in a zoo there because, you know, the campus would be close to the public and you'd see people at the gates sticking their cameras, you know, through the gates to take pictures and things like that. It was kind of funny at times. So, um, mm -hmm. Mitch, um, what are you missing about Oxford? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is probably the food. Um, the food at the dining hall was very, very good. Um, just like for dinner, whenever they had it at 5.30, I loved that food. And especially the high table. I thought that that was uh, – before we went um, – uh, Mike Jones Kelly said that we would never have better food there, like anywhere else, and I completely understand why he said that now. Because the high table was some of the best food I've ever had. I, I don't think I've ever tried duck, and when we had that, I think we had it. Ended up having it twice at high table. Yeah, but we it did. Was yeah. Some of, yeah, it was some of the best food I've ever had. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I think I had tried duck once before. I didn't particularly care for it, but the way they prepared it, it was really delicious. And um, I'm missing some of the food too, the choices, and I, I miss having flat whites, which um, you can't get here, or maybe someone will sell them soon. So, anyway, Mackenzie, you're going to have the last word. You know, what what are you missing about your time in Oxford? I think simply just being able to walk out of my dorm through the gates and you know, just having, like, a whole city right there to explore. We had, like, tons of free time. And um, I miss, like, walking through the covered market and getting some coffee and having some lunch. And um, I think that's that's what I miss the most, is just being able to explore a city. Okay. Well, thanks. I mean, you're all stirring up some memories and making me miss Oxford um, as well, as I'm sure <laughs> we all do. But um, we're... We're just about out of time, but I want to thank each of you. It's been great talking with you. You shared some great insights about um, so what you learned at Oxford, the whole experience, you know, the educational things, the social things as well. So um, David, Rachel, Mitch, Mackenzie, thanks again. Um, thanks to the people who are listening. You're, this is a podcast from Tap Into Greater Olean. We're you know, back onto our regular schedule. We'll be doing a podcast um, every Friday. Um, check our, our webpage, um, our, our Twitter feed, and our Facebook page. We'll be you know, posting information about who our guests are going to be next week. So we'll be back again next week at 10 a.m. Again, my name is Rich Lee. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.